Good morning, Connect. It's good to see you today. Thanks for joining us. We had a great first service and looking forward to what God's going to do in here in this second service. Love you, Connect. Next to International Family Church, the church I've been pastoring for 38 years, this is my next favorite place to be. Uh, it really is. I mean that with all my heart. That's not what I say everywhere I go. Uh, trust me. Uh, just feel at home here. Love your pastors. Love their heart. Love their family. Uh, love the leadership here. Love what God is doing. And, and you're blessed to be a part of this church. You know that, right? Uh, I've been around. I, I get to pastor pastors and travel out uh, quite a bit. And uh, so I'm in a lot of churches, and this is a great church. It's a generous church. It's a life-giving church. It's an added value church. That's why you love coming here, because the way you walk in is very different than the way you walk out. Isn't that the truth? And so thank you for being with us today. My wife is actually at the Framingham campus with pastors today. Uh, they'll all be back here for the third service, just to make sure we did everything right today. And uh, so they're over there at the Framingham campus, so we bless them. And I know Pastor Derek is taking advantage of this opportunity to continue to connect with the Framingham campus. They're an important part of what God is doing here at Connect. So we welcome them who will watch this later and our online audience, hundreds of you that are watching us today. Welcome. So glad you're a part of what God is doing here at Connect. You'd be really smart to come visit um, because it's even better live. And uh, it really is. So we, we'll make you feel right at home. And it's always fun at IFC to meet the people that watch us online for years and decide to visit and, and are still with us. And it's always a, a great joy. All around the world, people are watching today. And we're glad that you're here. You know what I love about coming to church, what I love about the Holy Spirit is I don't know every need you have. And you have many of them. And everything about your life revolves oftentimes around that need, around all that drama, around all the challenges of your life. And you can come to church, hear one message, it gets divided up into hundreds of ears, and you hear it exactly how you need it. That's the amazing thing about God, the amazing things of why you should come to church, because there's always something God is going to say, always something the Holy Spirit wants to help you with. Uh, to help you in your journey. The spiritual journey is not always easy, uh, but it's great to go to a church that is, is believing God with you. So I'm believing with you today, and I would ask you to believe God with me. Let's be partners today. Use your faith with mine. Don't just let me be up here being a talking head. That's not what I want to be. I would really believe with all of our heart if we connect our hearts together and you exert your faith and you believe with me, be on the edge of your seat that God's about to say something to you that will really bless you and encourage you, then together we can see God's perfect will be done. Nothing better. Glad you're here. Come on, let's pray. Believe God together. Father, we stand as partners today, partners in the faith, partners in what you're about to say and do here in our midst. And we're so grateful for every person that's here. Um, thank you for their lives. Thank you, Father God, that in, during this season, they would be in church, whether it's a great season or a very difficult season. We believe, Father God, that you'll say something to us that will help us, make us better, bring us more freedom, help us have walk in greater liberty in every area of our lives. Thank you for loving us so much. Thank you that you love us so much you wrote a book about yourself. And in that book, we find about who you are. We find about how much you love us and the plan you have for us. And so we're so grateful for God's word. 
We're so grateful today that we approach your word with, with joy, not casual attitude, but with great expectation. We're not familiar. We reverence and honor the ministry of your word today. We believe we'll never be the same. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 One of the most important decisions I ever made as a rookie pastor was to declare that I would choose a life of growth, that growth would be my my purpose, that I would continue to grow. We have a phrase that we use in IFC all the time, keep the growing going. I made it my, years, years, my mind years ago that I would keep the growing going, that I, I didn't want to plateau. I didn't want to get stuck. I didn't want to be in a place where I'm not continually being better at what I do, better at being a husband, better at being a father, better at being a grandfather, better at being a pastor and a mentor and a friend. Absolutely. And I made up my mind years ago, listen, that I would not be the lid over the growth of IFC. See, every pastor can create a lid. We can be something that is it's a, an open heaven, or we can create a lid where the congregation will never grow any higher or any deeper than what we are. It's the head of your household. You could be a lid. Over your business, you could be a lid. Over your friendships, you could be that lid. And I determined that I was going to do the hard work to make sure that I got the help I needed for all my insecurities, all my fears, all my self-doubts, all those hurts, all those cynical attitudes that we all deal with. And I was going to make up my mind that I was not going to live my way, live my life based on those limiting factors, but I would, I would walk in liberty and freedom. And I pray that's your desire today. Why else would you come to church? You're hopefully not here out of religious routine, just punching in, right? Like you punch in for a job. I hope you're not punching in out of religious duty today, afraid of what might happen if you don't come to church. But you're here because you're here wanting to hear something that brings another level of liberty in your life, another level of freedom in your life, right? Another level of joy and, and, and give you the tools you need to get out there in the world world and make a huge difference in the life of other people. Amen. You see, it takes courage to grow. And I want to encourage you in this message today that you will have the courage to keep growing in your life. And I want to challenge you in a specific area here today that I believe will apply to every single person here in the room and watching us online. Um, and, and here's the bottom line I want to give you about growth. Three things you need to know about growth in our introduction. Growth is not automatic. Growth is not automatic. You need to know that today. Just because you're growing older doesn't mean you keep growing. You and I both know people that are going, getting older every day, but they're not growing up. See, growth has to be intentional. There needs to be intentionality about growth. You come to church to grow. You come to church to fellowship. You come to church to hang out with some good people that are just like you going through the same drama you're going through. But growth is not automatic. Secondly, growth is not, growth is your responsibility. See, your parents, it was, it was their responsibility to make sure you were fed well and, and that you were under a good, secure place to live and your education, and, and that was their responsibility. But now as an adult, guess what? That's entirely up to you, right? It's not up to your pastor or your parents or your, your, your siblings. or It's up to you. It's your choice if you want to grow. And the third thing I know about growth is growth requires value. Value. 
The reason why many good people don't value growth is because they don't value themselves. You see, Jesus so valued us that he sent, God sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die for your sin and my sin, to die for our dysfunction, to die for all that messed up thinking and life that we were living. And he rose again, what? To elevate our value, to make sure you understood you are valuable. You are important to God. Amen. I'd say it this way. When you value yourself, you will invest in yourself. And the reason why you don't grow is because you don't value yourself. Anybody who values themselves grows. You tell me, show me a businessman, a businesswoman, a mom, a dad, a young person who values themselves, they're going to do whatever it takes. They're going to go back to school. They're going to stay in school. They're going to read. They're going to learn. They're going to grow. They're going to be in a place of, of, of absolute growth because they value themselves. You know, the Bible says in Ephesians 2.10, we are God's masterpieces, Right? We are God's masterpiece. Question for you. When was the last time you put masterpiece and your name in the same sentence? I promise you very few of you have ever done that. I promise you very few of you ever put your name and masterpiece in the same sentence. In fact, many of you, that's the last thought, masterpiece? Do you know my life? Do you know the mess I'm in? you know the mistakes I have? you know all the skeletons in my closet? you know what my thought life is like? you know how dark my thoughts are? Masterpiece? Right. But see, if you're a child of God, God calls you a masterpiece. Amen. And it's time for you to say what God says about you. If God puts your name and masterpiece in the same sentence, guess what? So should you. And if you, master, if you understand the masterpiece you are, this work in progress that you are, none of us have arrived, I get it, but we're not where we once were. I'm not where I'm going to be, but I'm a whole lot better today than where I once was, right? That's the process of God's love. You are his masterpiece. Come on, somebody. Amen. What are you doing to keep the going growing? Are you growing? Are you stuck? Have you plateaued? Where are you in the growth process? Where are you in your walk with God? Where are you as being a husband, being a wife, being a young man, a young woman? Where are you as a businessman, a businesswoman? Where locate yourself this year because we need the courage to grow. Here's our big takeaway. Here's the one main point I want you to go home with today. Listen, you can be young only once, but you can be immature indefinitely. <laughs> it's time to grow up and walk in the wisdom of God. Let me tell you something. I have met some 15-year-olders that are more mature than 30-year-olders. See, maturity is not based on age. You realize that, right? Maturity is not based on age. It's based on the acceptance of responsibility. You find me a 15, 16, 17, 18, 21-year-old who will who have a great sense of responsibility. Man, take them under your arm. They're rare. They're awesome because I've met 40 and 50, 60-year-olds that haven't grown up yet because they refuse to take responsibility for their lives. They blame everybody else. They blame their parents. They blame the church. They blame the Democrats. They blame the Republicans, right? They blame the independents. They blame the weather. They blame global warming, right? They, they blame the stars are not lined up right. Whatever it is, they're always blaming somebody else. Will you please grow up and be responsible? 
Amen. Amen. Listen, life has given us two very effective teachers. Both are top-notch flight, ins flight instructors. Every one of them are amazing, but they require something of us, and these teachers don't come cheap. They're both very effective. They both require something of us. You must choose one or the other. If you decide not to choose, the second teacher will be chosen for you by default. And you're thinking, what are these two teachers? Two teachers are wisdom and consequences. Wisdom and consequences. Let's talk about them in a few minutes. We can learn a great deal from either teacher. But I should warn you, however, there's a huge difference in their instructional styles. While wisdom will amaze you and delight you by her lessons, consequences will leave you breathless and not in a good way. And the truth is, consequences is by far the tougher teacher of the two. For one thing, consequences, enrollment costs and ongoing tuition sky high. Oh, she'll teach you all right. But by the time you learn her lessons, her instruction will cost you many years of your life. Oftentimes, it'll cost you your reputation. Other times, it'll cost you your family, your marriage. It'll cost you your career, your business. Oftentimes, it might even cost you your life. Consequences has a huge back-end cost. Suppose you run full blast into a wall, bam, and you break your nose. What'd you learn out of that lesson? You learned wall hard, nose soft, <laughs> right? You learned wall win, nose lose, right? It's the truth, right? Good for you. You're all the wiser now. Now, what lesson did you learn? Don't run into walls that don't rock, walk right along with you, right? Don't run into walls that don't move right along with you. So congratulations. You have garnered a very valuable pearl of wisdom. You have garnered something that's very valuable, right? Through your personal experience and through your pain and suffering, you have your pearl. It's pleasing. It's valuable. But let me tell you something. It's just one pearl, one nugget, one bit of treasure, becoming the man of woman of God, becoming the husband, the wife, becoming the young man, young woman that God wants you to be, becoming that career businessman, businesswoman that God created you to be. Listen, listen, it will require a whole bag full of those pearls. It'll require a whole bag full of those precious gems. The truth is, listen very carefully, you don't have enough bones in your body to shatter, to learn the lesson, to keep learning the hard way, to keep learning the difficult, painful way, to learn to be who God created you to be. You just don't have enough noses to break. Thank God there's a better way. If consequences has a back end price, then wisdom has the front end price. It requires discipline, obedience, consistency, courage, and above all else, time. And then it will gladly pour on you its precious riches. Here's what Proverbs chapter 4 says about wisdom. So important. It says here, sell everything and buy wisdom. Forage for understanding. Don't forget one word. Don't 
deviate an inch. Never walk away from wisdom. She guards your life. Love her. She keeps her eye on you. Above all and before all, do this. Get wisdom. Write this at the top of your list. Get understanding. Throw your arms around her. Believe me, you won't regret it. Never let her go. She'll make your life glorious. Sounds like something we all need to have in our lives. Here is the biggest difference you need to understand between consequences and wisdom. Listen, wisdom teaches you the lesson before you make the mistake. Consequences demand that you make the mistake first. Only then will it teach you the lesson. I can't tell you how much I've learned over the years and how much years I wasted because I did it the consequence way. I did it with the bump on the head and the scar and the stitches and the broken toes and the bumping and my being in that place where I've learned the hard way. Here's another way of saying this today. Listen, wisdom puts a fence at the top of the cliff. Consequences visits you in the hospital when you're in traction. That's wisdom. That's consequences. Both are very effective teachers. Both are very much in a place where we can learn our lesson. But here's what Solomon says in Proverbs 22, verse 3. A prudent person foresees danger and takes precaution. The simpleton goes blindly on suffering the consequences. Oh, my goodness. Wouldn't you rather gain wisdom from the experience of others? Let them testify what they've learned. In that way, you hear how your friend ran full speed into the wall, broke his nose, shattered his glasses. Amen. You can listen and learn from somebody else's experience. By listening, you save all those ophthalmologist bills and all those broken bones. By learning one lesson at a time, you gain a little bit of wisdom from every experience that somebody else is going through. You don't have to suffer the same experience to learn the same lesson. When somebody stands and testifies about their broken marriage, when they testify about their broken life, and then they tell you how God set them free from that dark season of their lives, pay attention. You are hearing valuable pearls of wisdom. Learn from that. Receive from that. Learn from those that are ahead of you. Learn from those that are right alongside of you that learned it the hard way. Learn from those that are steps and years ahead of you. Man, you can learn such wisdom and be in that place and learn from their experience. Because the Bible says this about other people's experiences. It says this in uh, next verse. Thank you. Psalm 19, verse 7 says, The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. You know what that means? Learning from somebody else's testimony will make you wise. Listen carefully. Don't shrug it off. Don't just say, oh, poor them. Don't just say, oh, well, that happened to them. That'll never happen to me. No, you're wasting pearls of wisdom. Somebody else suffered for that wisdom, and thank God you can learn it a different way. If you and I refuse to learn, we're just simpletons. We're gullible. We're naive. God calls us fools. We urgently need people to learn wisdom beyond their years. We don't have enough years ahead of us to learn how to live in the crazy days that we're living in. 
We don't have enough wisdom, mom and dad, to know how to handle the two-year-old and the five-year-old and the 11-year-old and the 15-year-old and the 18-year-old and the 21-year-old. We don't have enough wisdom to garner all the, wis- all the pearls that we need. Man, we need wisdom beyond our years, don't we? We need wisdom, businessman, businesswoman, beyond your life experience. Amen. I pray that all the time, and I pray you pray that same prayer. God, I need wisdom beyond my experience. Oh, I'm grateful for the wisdom that I've learned, but there's so much more to do, and there's so much more to do uh, in church as our church blossom and grows like connect. Man, we need the wisdom of God to navigate us through these challenging times. We urgently need people to value themselves so they will invest in themselves. Here's what I learned in a verse that unfortunately applies to me uh, in, in a way that I wish I, it never did, and it might apply to you in Psalm 32. It says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come. Wow. How many times have you been the mule? How many times have you been the horse? Difficult, stubborn, refuse to go, have to be pulled, have to be conjoled, have to be bribed, have to be in a place where you're finally desperate enough to do it God's way, right? How many times have I been that mule, that hard-headed mule, that that hard-headed horse? Oh, my Lord, I've so had to learn the hard way. And that was my, see, my theme song for so many years of my life, maybe like yours. And we have to finally get to the place, I'm done being the mule. I'm done being the horse. Or let's make it plain, I'm done being the jackass. (laughs) You're right, I said it. PD's not here. (laughs) He'll hear about it, I'm sure. But you get the point. Let's be real here, right? We've got to be in that place where we say enough of this because there is a better way. Here's what the Bible says is the better way. Matthew 4, 4 said, Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Man, there is a better way. And God knew how challenging these days would be, how hard it would be to grow in a cross-cultural environment that's anti-Christ environment. God knew that how difficult it would be to make these godly choices, to do it God's way with so much pressure and so much peer pressure and so much going on in schools and so much going on in crazy politics and the economy and On and on it goes. He knew how challenging it would be for us, so he gave us his inspired word and a divine coach to guide us so we would understand it. And here's what Jesus said about this divine coach. John 14, he said this, I will ask the Father, he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth. John 16 says it this way, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak of his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Praise God. Amen. He will disclose to you what is to come. God has assigned his spirit to be our guide. 
Every morning I wake up and I'm grateful. I say, thank you, Holy Spirit, for being my guide inside today. You have a guide inside every day, child of God, a guide inside, someone who knows what the future holds, someone who knows what's to come, somebody who knows what your day is going to be like, what your week is going to be like, what's happening a month from now. He knows how to do this, and this God will deposit in you the very wisdom of God into our lives. You don't do this on your own, mom, dad, businessman, businesswoman, Young adult, you don't do this on your own. No, thank God for our helper, the Holy Spirit. We can receive direct revelation from God and discover his wonderful promises in one place. It's called the Bible. Amen. Amen. Maybe it might not be an actual a hardcover Bible that you read from. Maybe it's from your iPad or from your iPhone on YouTube, or maybe it's on your iMac or whatever it is that you're reading your Bible from. But it's so important that you understand that, that, that this wisdom that is so important because the psalmist cried out and he said this uh, about what the Lord said in Psalm 138:2. for you have exalted above all else your name and magnified your word above all your name. Man, you don't get any better than the name of Jesus, but man, the word of God is so valuable and so important in your life. God's word needs to be crucial as the air you breathe and the water you drink and the food you eat, right? <gasps> you gotta take that next breath or you're gonna pass out. Well, that's the same attitude. You gotta read God's word. The same attitude you need, man, I can't live without this. I can't live without a daily dose of God's word and a daily dose of reading this wisdom and insights and, and to help guide me in whatever season I might find myself in. I, I, I've been at this a long time in pastoring IFC for 38 years, and I've learned you will not survive without God's insight and wisdom. Oh, I know when we're young, we think we know it all. We think we know how to do this. We think, man, my, my parents are so, they don't have any, they don't know what's going on. They don't know what's happening in this real world. And we make fun of our parents or we make fun of our pastors or we make fun of older people or we make fun of certain, you know, illustrations that they might use and so forth. And I've encountered people who believe their own way and it's just a matter of time before they implode. Every one of them implode in some way. Every one of them. I know I imploded. I know others have imploded. I mean, you have to learn the hard way. But thank God, God's not done with you when you implode. The good news is God knows how to pick all the pieces back up again and put you back together better than you ever were before. When you learn your lesson, implosion is not the end. Right? Thank God if you're imploding or about to implode or know someone who's on their journey of implosion, the good news is God's goodness and mercy and grace is there to help us to overcome in those very difficult areas. We gain wisdom from our divine coach and instruction through the living interaction with the uncompromising, ever settled, alive, and inspired Word of God. Our need for a guide only gets more crucial the closer we get to the end of this age. You know Jesus is coming back soon. You know that there's not one more prophecy that needs to be fulfilled before Jesus comes back. It's all been fulfilled. It's just now a matter of the clock. 
It's just a matter of when that trumpet sounds. Just a matter of God giving time for more to hear, for the world to know, for the unengaged and unreached people groups to hear the gospel. God in his love and his compassion realize it's a time issue now. We don't know when that time will happen. But let me tell you something. The last days, though, it, the Bible tells us that the very elect will be deceived and fall. Yes, the very elect of IFC, the very elect of Connect. Absolutely. All the more we need the wisdom of God. All the more we need God's word in our hearts, right? So we'll not sin against him. So we'll understand and spot the fake and spot the deception and catch it in our friends and catch it in ourselves so we don't fall along the wayside like so many are. Listen very carefully. I'm sure you know this, but did you know the top athletes of the world all have coaches? They do. You think, what? Why do they need coaches? They're the best in the world. Exactly. That's why they're the best in the world, right? You know LeBron James spends $1.5 million on coaches? Yeah, strength coaches and skill coaches. $1.5 million. And you'll say, well, Pastor, I don't have $1.5 million to spend on coaches. You're missing the point. We all need to be coached. Every one of us need to have coaches in our lives. Every one of us have different areas, spiritual coaches and life coaches and business coaches and, and, and those that have been married successfully, coaches and parents that are successful raising their kids, coaches and on and on it goes. It's equally true for each of us. So God designed, listen, and assigned some of history's best mentors to us. Most times they'll keep us growing and improving, and other times they actually save our lives. Here's an example of what I'm talking about. Hebrews 11 says this, it was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man, and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. You might think and tilt your head, Abel speaks? You see, the man, this man goes all the way back to when man saw angels with flaming swords barring Adam and Eve to get back into the Garden of Eden. Abel called Adam dad and called mom Eve. He was the first man to die on planet Earth. Abel goes back quite a bit, I would imagine. Yet the Bible says this man still has something to say to you and me. He will take his place as one of the assigned mentors to each one of us. Right alongside of Noah, Jacob, Joseph, Elijah, John, Peter, Paul. Right alongside Sarah, Deborah, Ruth, Naomi, Martha, Dorcas, Priscilla, countless others. These men and women, though, they no longer maintain an earthly address. Wait to speak to you out of the living word of God every single day. They're waiting to mentor you, encourage you, correct you, challenge you to grow, just as any good coach would do his players. At times, they'll raise their voice and say, hey, 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 the bridge is out. Come on, you're going too fast. You're not paying attention. Other times, it'll be just a small voice of reassurance. Come on, we got this. It's going to be okay. Come on, let's, 
Let's do this together. Oftentimes, you'll take the wrong turn down the dead end, and maybe one day it might be Ezekiel talking to you. The other day it might be Joshua talking to you. The next day it might be David talking to you. Each one of them has something to say to help convince us to go in the right direction. You see, regardless, these phenomenal mentors are by your side, waiting to talk to you. I think about this. How many times have I heard from my mentors? How many times have I heard Paul tell me, love never fails, Jonathan? How many times have I heard Joshua tell me, be strong and of good courage? How many times have I heard James say, hey, don't waver, stand your ground? James tell me not to waver, and Solomon tell me to guard my mouth and my tongue. David reminding me, no evil shall befall you, Jonathan, no plague come nigh your dwelling. John remind me, the greater one lives within you. How many times have I heard Isaiah tell me, by his stripes you are healed? How many times have I heard Peter tell me, God gives grace to the humble? How many times have I heard Jesus say, forgive them as I have forgiven you? Have you heard from your mentors lately? What have they told you? Do you have a favorite mentor? Do you have a favorite mentor that always seems to be there in the midnight hour? To be there in the morning when you feel overwhelmed and anxious about your day? Or you're there all by yourself as a mom just saying, Lord, how do I help my husband? What do I do with my son, my daughter? How do I handle this? What, what, my money, my debt, and all these anxious thoughts. And there is a mentor for everything that you go through waiting, waiting to talk to you. I can't think of a better mentor for a businessman or woman than Solomon. I can't think of a better mentor for pastors than Moses. I can't think of a better mentor for someone who's very professional in their profession uh, than Luke, the physician. I can't think of a, a better person to talk to uh, for the educator than Paul and to mentor the mothers than Mary. Come on, you get the idea. God has given us, these men and women, the assignment to mentor his children in every facet of life. They live in the scriptures by the power and the breath and by his inspired word. They all stand ready and eager to help us grow. But all you have to do to make that happen, to make this priceless uh, wisdom come your way, is the open, the forever inspired, settled word of God and read. Read. There's no coaching fee. There's no $1.5 million. There's no places that you have to go and go to Atlanta or go to California or go to this business adventure. All those are great, and I've done them all like you have. But every morning, I can open up the book, and I can read. And there my mentor stands at attention. There my mentor, I get his attention, and he speaks to me. And something jumps off the page. And a word that I was longing to hear suddenly now opens up to me. Proverbs 13, 20 says this in the message paraphrase. It says, become wise by walking with the wise, hang out with the fools, and watch your life fall to pieces. I understood this, and it means this also, that when I'm around wise people, when I hang around PD, when I hang around Pastor Mark or hang around Devin or hang around these other people, man, when you walk with the wise, you become wiser still. But I never saw it like every morning when I read God's Word, I'm hanging out with wise people. I'm hanging out with the wise, and guess what's happening? I'm getting wiser 
every day. Make a commitment this year to have the courage to grow. Make a commitment this year to make it your personal responsibility to study and read God's Word. I'm amazed by how many good Christian people on their way to heaven who don't read this book. They go days, weeks, months. No condemnation intended. Been there, done that. Absolutely. But how long can we go without reading this book and the pearls of wisdom that get dropped in our bag and the wisdom that we have and the instruction that we get and the encouragement and stability that come our way to handle and be at this for the long haul and do it at a high level, at a high capacity for a very long time. Value yourself to invest in yourself. My last scripture is from one of my favorite, favorite mentors, he says this in Joshua 1.8, study this book of instruction continually, meditate on it day and night, and so you will be sure to obey everything written therein. What? Only then will you prosper and have and succeed in all you do. I don't need a show of hands of who wants to succeed in this room. I, I don't want to show a hands of who wants to prosper in this room. We all do. Are you kidding me? And Joshua and others stand ready to deposit the strategy and the wisdom and the insight and the stability and the strength and the, and the, the, the power of growth that comes our way. Will you please determine this year that, that your lazy days of relying on everybody else to do all the heavy lifting is over. It's time for you to do some heavy lifting. Maybe you husband might need to ask forgiveness to your wife. She's been doing the heavy lifting for far too long. Maybe there's a child or a young adult that needs to say something to mom and dad to say, man, thank you. You've been doing all this heavy lifting. You've been doing all this believing with me. You've been patient with me. You, you've allowed me space. And thank you. It's about time that I start doing some heavy lifting. It's about time I quit taking advantage of your kindness and your goodness and, and your, your money and, and, and your cooking and your doing my laundry. And on and on it goes, right? It's time to say thank you. And it's time to say, I'm going to do some heavy lifting. I want to do the things that I need to do. Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit is not your doer. He's your helper. You're the doer. He's the helper. You do, he helps. You don't do, fill in the blank. He don't help. He needs something to help with. He doesn't just do it all for you. Absolutely not. You need to understand that he is your helper. Give him something to help you with. Give him your heart. Give him your attitude. Give him your made up mind to grow up. Give him your courage to face the things that hurt you the most, to face those dark times, to face those insecurities, those fears, those anxieties, those cynical attitudes that hurt from your past. Are you kidding me? There is so much that he wants to help you with, but it takes some courage. What was our big takeaway today? Please go home with us today. You can be young only once, but Lord knows you can be immature indefinitely. It's time to grow up and walk in the wisdom of God. Who's that word for today? Who's it for? Did it hit you between the eyes today? Come on, yeah. Right? Did it hit you between the eyes today? Did the Holy Spirit 
absolutely read your mail today? I'm sure he has because Lord knows I couldn't preach this word unless he nailed me some years ago. Let me tell you something. When I look at my family, I see my children working for Jesus on staff with me, married well, five grandchildren who are all serving in church. I see my 88-year-old mom living downstairs still honoring God, still a blessing and serving and helping. And my dad, who passed away several years ago, and, and over 60 years of ministry around the world, my mom and dad married 65 years. Verna's parents married 70 years. Serving God, good people in the church. You name it, they did it in church. There were no dream teams back in the day, but they knew how to fulfill the dream of that church. And I look at our lives and I say, thank you, Jesus. I started acting in some wisdom. Thank you, Jesus, that I quit learning by consequences. Well, it's always right around the corner, please. The wisest ones among us can fall into consequences so easy. God knew it wouldn't be easy. That's why he gave us so many mentors. And he knew it would be hard. That's why it's chock full of people waiting to talk to you in your morning anxiety and your midnight drama. He knows how to help you today. Make a commitment to keep the growing going. Did you learn something today? Come on, give God praise just for a moment. Thank you, Father, for your goodness today. Will you stand to your feet with me, please? Just a few more moments, and we're going to turn this over to Pastor Mark, and he'll close this service. But with your eyes closed, please, what part of this message touched you the most? What part do you need to act on? What part do you need to say, Father, forgive me for my, my laziness, my procrastination, my putting drama above your word? putting me, 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 me in front of everything that you want to do for me. What part of this that you need to say in your heart of hearts today, I'm going to grow this year. I'm going to have the courage. I'm done. I'm kicking the mule to the curb. I'm kicking the horse to the curb. I'm done consequences teaching me all my lessons. There's a better way. Will you commit yourself to his wisdom? this year? Will you commit yourself to keep the growing going this year? Will you value yourself enough to invest in yourself? With every head bowed, every believer praying, I want to make sure everyone in the room knows Jesus as their Lord and Savior. I want to make sure that you make the wisest of all decisions today and make a choice for wisdom to say yes to Jesus. Make sure Jesus lives inside of your heart. There's no reason to not know. There's no reason to walk out of here with sins unforgiven. There's no reason to walk out of here in the same way you walked in. There's no reason that Jesus can't come in your heart, forgive you from your sins, and give you the assurance of heaven, and give you a brand new start here on earth. That's his will, and that's his plan. But you have to be willing to say, my heart's open. And yes, I need Jesus. I'm done doing this my way. I need Jesus. I need you to change me from the inside out. You say, Pastor, I don't know this Jesus, but I want to know him. Will you raise your hand nice and high? Who are you in the room? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Quite a few hands going up. Thank you, thank you. I see him. God bless you. 
God bless you. You online today, man, there's that bar, that banner underneath, right underneath the, 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 the video of what you're watching, the, the live feed you're watching. Man, press that banner, and, and you also are raising your hand to give your life to Jesus today. Anybody else will say, Pastor, I need this Jesus. Yes, thank you. God bless you. Good for you. I'm grateful for all these hands that have gone up today, and Pastor Mark will give you some more instructions. And let's all pray this prayer together in closing. Father, in Jesus' name, Here's my heart. I need you, Jesus. I'm tired of being the boss of me. I'm tired of being the mule and the horse. Jesus, forgive me for my sin. I denounce my past. I want to follow you. I declare you as my Lord and Savior. I come up under your Lordship. You are now the boss of me. I receive by faith forgiveness, salvation, eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you guys.